0: What's up peeps? My name's James McPherson with Risk Fluent bringing you another episode of Rebranding Safety. This is episode 4, Health and Safety Gone Mad. Health and Safety Professionals, you are the problem. You're thinking, whoa, hang on a minute, we were supposed to be talking about risk assessments this week. Yes we were. i will hold my hands up. Something happened this weekend which we're going to talk about um, that kind of made me change the schedule around. So risk assessments is still coming but I think it's better suited next weekend. This week we're talking health and safety gone mad let's get into the podcast health and safety is almost a victim of its own success We weird an oppressive regime of health and safety regulations a huge fire engulfs a tower block children being forced to wear goggles to play conkers at school worst oil field disaster 164 dead rebranding safety The modern health and safety podcast, crushing the stereotype. Brought to you by Risk Fluent and your host, James McPherson. So, first couple of updates. The podcast now on Apple Podcasts. You might have seen if you're uh, liked us on Facebook. It's also as of this morning on Castbox. Never heard of that app, but let, check it out, guys. Let me know how it is. So, the Facebook page, as I just mentioned, up and running. Come and like the page: www.facebook.com/riskfluent. R-I-S-K-F-L-U-E-N-T. Risk fluent. And you can find us on Twitter at risk fluent, spelled the same. So. I have decided we're going to add add a bit of consistency to this podcast, so going forward there will now be a weekly podcast, will now be uploaded every Tuesday for a bit of consistency for you all, Um, consistency is always good, so you know it's coming on Tuesday, so there's something you want to talk about, let us know and we'll add it to the schedule, or see if we can work it into what we've already got, so something that really annoys you, um, let me know some of the, our followers have commented on um, on one of the posts we shared on a health and safety group on Facebook. And um, and we're going to talk about that today. So it does work, guys. So let me know what annoys you about health and safety. So health and safety professionals, you are the problem. What do I mean by that? So those of you that know, there's a motiva- motivational speaker called Simon Sinek. Uh, he talks a couple of times about... Um, well, he said the same thing. He says sometimes you're the problem. Um, so he talks about purple fever, uh, black death of childbirth. It was called uh, in the eighteenth century. So this um, this fever killed seventy percent of women who gave childbirth. So seventy percent of women that gave birth to a child ended up dying during the re- renaissance so with a time of research a time of mass improvements you know a time of science so it was shocking that we were we were getting stuff like this so basically and I'm gonna I'm gonna really really cut this down to real short and sharp so if you wanna look at a much better delivery and a, a much better explanation uh, search uh, sometimes you're the problem Simon Cynic, and you will you'll get a nice video um, so in short The doctors that delivered the child in the morning, the research in the morning, they were complete autopsies and then in the afternoon and evening they would deliver the babies. So Oliver Wendell Holmes approached these people and said guys you're the problem, you're not washing your hands. They didn't believe him so 30 years later it was still going on but somebody said 30 years later actually maybe we should wash our hands and boom the problem was sorted. So <clears throat> what he talks about there, essentially, and he said, like i said it's he delivers it a lot better than I do because it 's much more practiced um, but he 's talking about taking accountability, taking responsibility, and once you take accountability and you take responsibility, you can then take credit, and I think that 's something we 're lacking in the safety industry so how How does it apply to safety well when when you apply control measures think think about the impact on the person who who you 're so trying to protect. Yeah, think about that person who's having to do these extra things or not do these things um, because of the control measures that you and your team might have implemented. Even better, involve these persons in the risk assessments. Talk to these persons. Ask them what they think. Yeah, we're going to talk about risk assessments next week. And that's a key part of it, is involvement. That's how we create a good health and safety culture. So think about it. Ask yourself am i going over the top am i going over the top take yourself out of your health and safety job and just think i'm joe blogs am i going over the top because sometimes i I think we i think we, we do and it's quite easy to do that because you know and i stand up for safety professionals we we do get it's a hard job it's a hard job you know we see all the bad and and sometimes it's very we're very aware of the fact that we're writing our name on that risk assessment, you know, we're the health and safety professionals, and we're quite conscious of the fact that, you know, the culture at the moment is, is, well, well, James is our health and safety professional, and he told us we could do it, you know, that's why you've got to involve people, you've got to make it a team decision, and that then protects you a little bit, and it allows you and enables you to take accountability, okay? So, let me tell you why we changed the schedule around a little bit. So, something happened uh, with the rugby this weekend. So, I'm a bit of a rugby fan. Hopefully, there's a couple of rugby fans out there as well that are absolutely baffled by this decision. Um, I don't think I'm going to be able to provide you any uh, context as to why because I'm just as baffled as you. So, anyway, David Flatman tweeted, which is what, uh, which is what highlighted it up to me because I didn't watch the game. Um, don't normally get rolled on here, he said. Can't be bothered. But I know... There are only flags, and I know when, "quotes health and safety is mentioned, we dare not question it. And I know this is my old beloved club, but this is just utterly rubbish form. Bath should know better. So Bath Rugby, this is response to Bath Rugby tweet. So he's retweeted Bath Rugby uh, tweet, which says... We're really sorry. The flags were tested against three safety criteria and failed all three, including fire. We have to take safety seriously, but realise it's disappointing. We're really looking forward to the game and we know you'll bring the noise to the wreck today. So I looked in a bit further and I was trying to find out. So then Leinster supporters tweeted, at Leinster Rugby supporters, we brought 1,500 flags Over to today's game, and Bath Rugby are refusing to let us distribute them. They're saying they failed health and safety tests. So, I looked into uh, as much as I can around Bath Rugby's reasons, and all all there is out there, all all that's been published anyway, is they failed three safety tests, uh, including fire. That's it. That's all it says. I've raff- raffled my brain and tried to find out what I can really, really think of what these are, and we'll go through them in a bit. Um, so, I just, but before we do that, I just want to talk about the other story um, that that came out this weekend. So, I posted uh, a bit about our podcast on um, UK Health and Safety Facebook group and asked people what annoys them about safety. And James Jimbo Kirk their first shout-out on the podcast, congratulations, you're the first shout-out, um, commented, what annoys me as a lorry driver is the amount of places that won't allow drivers to wait in their cab while being unloaded, even while locking the trailer brakes, brakes and holding the keys. Drive for hours to get somewhere and having to sit on a hard chair for hours on end instead of in the cab where there's food, drink and a bed for the driver to rest before setting off for another four and a half hour drive. In my view, not allowing drivers the comfort and safety of their cab affects everyone as the drivers are then forced to drive tired. Can't park on site, can't park outside for various parking restrictions everywhere. So, I'm being allowed to eat, refresh, and then snooze for hours is by far the safest thing. So, not being allowed to eat, refresh, and snooze for hours is by far the safety, safest thing. So. We had then a conversation around that, and I, I don't know much about it. I went, I worked in a warehouse for a little bit when I was younger, in between college, and 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 I, this the the phrase salvo locks remind me of something. So yep, I remember salvo locks ever so briefly, um, and and in essence, from our conversation, it looks like um, a combination of salvo locks and, and a wheel lock um, could could provide us with a solution where where this. Um, Where James and other lorry drivers could go sleep in the cab. In the cab. I can see the risk. I can see. I've read a case study of a a a person being. I think, if I remember rightly, was nearly sliced in half because he was hanging out of the gap between the the um the trailer and the wall um shouting the lorry driver and the lorry went for um forward towards the building and crushed him, you know, I can understand, you know, the lorry moving whilst there are people working in it, it is quite a high risk. So I, I can get people, you know, erring on the side of caution. I really do understand that. But when there's a technology out there and if you're if you've got that many loading bays it seems like a reasonable um thing to kind of to kind of control that risk, to spend that money. Um I understand it'd be quite expensive, and you know some businesses might might not be able to do that, but it doesn't sound like it's um it's the it's the smaller places that struggling with this from what james is saying it looks like it's pretty much everywhere so he did comment and say there are a couple of sites that do let him stay in the, cab, in the cab which is nice to hear so he gets a bit of a break i would be really interested to see um if there's any other lorry drivers out there or even better safety professionals working in that industry it would be it'd be amazing to to hear your side of things you know um so so yeah I, if if you do work in that industry and you've got any interesting comments, uh, follow us on Twitter at Risk Fluent or uh, find us on uh, Facebook forward slash Risk Fluent and. Uh Leave us a comment or message us. Let us know. It would be really interested. So, Joanna Daniel, she also got involved in the conversation. Second shout-out on the podcast. Congratulations, Joanna. Um, you two win absolutely nothing. So, she mentioned a couple of things. It seems like it, it may be a bit more of a procedural thing. So, it's a bit easier to come across a blanket approach, which is which is quite common in the industry you know it's much easier to do that i've seen that around hearing protection quite a lot um you know where they specifically say don't use a uh, blanket protect uh caution blanket approaches sorry um and they go with it anyway that's quite interesting um so so yeah that was a really interesting conversation i didn't really come up with a solution out of it but to me it just seemed they all just seem like they're really poor risk assessments are really over the top reactions so we touched on blanket approach um, previously. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a, um, a story and my uh, experience with blanket approaches. So I have worked in a uh, factory where we had to use hearing protection um, in quite a lot of areas. And we had a blanket approach and um, it, we also had a massive problem with people cutting the he- hearing plugs ear-, ear protection plugs that you put in your ears people cutting them so they just sit in their ears so it looks like they're wearing it uh, people not wearing them uh, people not wearing them properly you know it was a real real bad culture real negative culture and in my opinion that our blanket approach of um <clears throat> of using hearing protection was was one of the main reasons why um because from the minute we sat in the door we had to wear them even if you're just walking through the far end, where actually the um, when we tested the sound, uh, the noise deci- the decibel level, sorry, of that area, it was considerably low as a per- as compared to as opposed to when you're working on the machine. So actually, there was evidence there to show that we didn't need this blanket approach. And when you look at the guidance around it, it, it specifically says you know avoid blanket approaches you know to be specific uh, in these areas and target areas where you need them so what does this do this encourages people to not wear their hearing protection which is fine when they're in the area where it's not a problem but then what it does then is they just don't wear it ever or they don't wear it correctly ever and then they don't wear it where they actually need it whereas if we only make them wear it where they actually need it yes it's harder to control to control yes it's harder to police but you encourage a positive attitude towards it by doing that especially if you've got the blanket approach here now and then you change it it would take your time to get to where you need to be but you know what that's a positive change and you can say to your staff it depends how you sell it but you can you can say to your staff you know we're doing this to try and help it'd be easier for you so you don't have to wear them all the time you know if they wear them all the time whatever they wear them all the time but you know what if we're just targeting those areas and doing what we're supposed to do we're being reasonably practicable then we get a better culture yeah so then what we're talking about is 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 perspective I'm going to give you a quote here from <clears throat> one of my favourite books, Accidents to Zero by Andrew Sharman, and I'm going to do a podcast on this book, because um, if you're a safety professional out there and you haven't read this yet, um, or you've got it on your bookcase and you haven't you haven't even looked at it or pictured it because you think you haven't got time, um, or you've been meaning to buy it, or you've never heard of it, get it, pick it up, read it, it will change the way you do your job. So, <clears throat> he's put in a book, you see, culture change is about perspective encouraging people to consider their attitudes and their actions from a different angle so i look at that from these these two examples that we're talking about about professionals yeah about safety professionals Let, let's think let's consider our attitudes and our actions from a different angle let's consider it from that person that really wants to uh, support their their team by using a flag some people they follow their team, it's like their child, yeah, is really engrossed in their life, it's part of their life, it's part of their family, it's something that they've always done with their daughter, it's something they've always done with their father, they're so, you know, these, these, going to these games are massive for some people, yeah, so let's just think about that from that perspective, most people are not going there to set a fire to the ground. Yeah, granted accidents can happen, I get that. But let's think about perspective. So then we start thinking about other people that are receiving these 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 uh, controls and and being told they can't use a, their fags and how it is from their perspective. What's their attitude towards it? What might their actions be? Well, actually, by being more prescriptive, are we encouraging a negative attitude and therefore a negative action? I don't know. But I understand when we're when we're talking about you know the public you know it's hard to it's hard to control it's hard to understand, um, but but in essence and granted there's alcohol there as well I get it but you know let's just think about our perspective yeah let's take a step back on this this message just keeps coming up and up and up and up over and over again um, as we go through this but if we keep asking these same questions and keep considering all different perspectives we might be in a better place. So two things there. One, think of everyone's perspective. Try and think of, the pers- of so many different perspectives. Number two, buy yourself accidents to, the, to zero. Uh, it's about changing the culture in your business, um, and it's about managing health and safety. So if you're listening to Bath Health and Safety Professionals or Bath CEOs or Bath Rugby Owners or whoever you are, the senior management team, buy yourself that book and learn how to manage health and safety properly. Or tweet me and provide a bit of context to what you've actually done. Anyway, let's crack on. I'm saying, often safety professionals are the problem. Am I really saying they're the problem? No, I'm not. It's it's a it's a bit of a blanket comment, <laughs> ironically. Um, but I do I do wonder sometimes, you know, the safety some safety professionals are the problem, you know, and you know them. If you're if you're good at safety, you'll try and avoid these people, and you will know that there are people that just enjoy going over the top. It's that kind of, you know, failed their police officer uh, test kind of attitude. Um, I wonder whether this thing with Bath Rugby was a little bit of a market employ. I'm not sure. There have been comments made on Twitter to it, um, but I'm really not sure. You know, can, can how come these can be used at, at Leinster's ground? I'd, different lords. I, I've, I really don't know. I don't. I don't. I can't see any reason why they couldn't be used. If I'm honest, you know, we might have. If, if you're going to focus on a fire thing i can maybe see a, a couple of things it's excessive fire loading i get that there's loads and loads of fl- non-flame retardant flags on the ground at the end of the day but there's no smoking in grounds and i, and I do genuinely think that rule works i've not seen smoking in rugby grounds for a long time um so so i, I think that works ground, the grounds are are built differently now. I've never been to Bath Rugby Ground so I don't know what it's like, but if I remember rightly it's quite it's quite metal based. Um so it's not like it's the you know, Bradford football stadium scenario here. So, you know, we we're not talking maybe we're not talking about quick fire spread, um Maybe they're difficult to evacuate. Yeah, but there's guidance around event management. There's guidance around doing this stuff. You know, HSE even published in their MythBusters that there is no ban on flags and bunting um, for sporting events. So we've we've addressed this years before. So it's really difficult to kind of work out there. You know, and it's the same for... Now, maybe not the same for the lorry driver scenario because there is there is a bit of a clear risk there. There is a clear hazard. I do get that but i do think we're increasing the risk um to other users and the negative attitude so let's 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 just imagine that lorry driver probably doesn't work for the the company that's receiving the 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 load um they may or may not but let's assume they don't so it can be understandable that they're focusing on their employees but let's just think think about the other impact that we've got on the wider industry then so we've 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 pretty much annoyed uh they quite rightly annoyed this uh this lorry driver because he can't sleep and then he's forced to um to drive a bit more yes there's some of you out there saying well he can pull over and go for a sleep elsewhere yeah i get that but the guy's sitting around doing nothing why can't he sleep at the same time it makes sense it's it's, it's just understand it's, it's just so common sense you know he's standing around waiting Why well, can not he sleep at the same time it does make sense for him to do that so that's not imp- implementing these other controls maybe not these two fan- fancy kind of expensive things like salvo locks, but maybe there are other ways to do it i've heard of people just welding hooks onto the top of the d- uh, the metal door that kind of slides up to open the cab um so the key and you put the keys on the hook so they're at the top they're completely out of reach you know I know there's a shunt button in lorries um, And there may be some needed control around that But Is the likelihood of somebody Purposely using that Pretty low I'd say really low The likelihood of somebody accidentally using that whilst, Whilst it's in use A little bit higher maybe I don't know But let's just think about what this does then, so we peed this guy off for health and safety reasons. So we said, No, I can't do that, mate, health and safety. Yeah, what kind of super in my cab? Oh, health and safety. Right, okay. Um, so he doesn't sleep in his cab, we peed him off, then he's wound up for the whole day around health and safety. Then he's got just a negative attitude towards health and safety, that becomes infectious. He moans about health and safety to his kids. His kids then go to school and they moan about health and safety. So they don't listen about the safety rules on a school trip. And then their mate does, and then they grow up, and then their kids does. And this just becomes a perpetual cycle of a negative attitude towards health and safety. So when I say health and safety professionals, you're the problem. That's what I'm talking about we're breeding this thing we're trying to fight yeah so so let's just think back to that that scenario from Simon Sinek that we used at the beginning you know let's take let's take a step back and and wash our hands, yeah, so a couple of things to conclude then, a couple of things to ask yourself, you know, I really want you to ask yourself if you're implementing a risk assessment or control measures, is this over the top, and truly think about that, take accountability for the negative attitude that you may produce by going over the top, yeah, because if you're if you're in a business, you're going to develop that culture of negativity by going over the top, so you're only making it harder for yourself, so be honest with yourself, guys, when you're asking these questions, if the business is saying it's health and safety, and it's actually not, so you're the safety guy, and you're sitting up being like, I, I never said that, stand up for yourself, I know that's difficult and I know that's easy for me to say because I don't, I don't work for, for that, that, you know, I haven't come across that yet, um, but believe me, you'll be, you'll be better off by standing up to yourself, for yourself and for the industry, you'll feel better and you know what, if if somebody's doing that and you haven't been involved and you're the so-called safety professional, you don't want to work there because they'll come looking for you when something goes wrong and they'll be going, oh, James said, James said, you know, so maybe you don't want to be working there. And finally, just provide some context to what you're implementing or what you're stopping or prohibiting or whatever. You know, just stop saying, nah, I can't do that, elephant safety, mate. Nah, I can't do that, elephant safety, mate. You know, you sound like a, a bouncer on a, on a on a night out, can't come in here, got fancy dress. Yeah, but I haven't caused any trouble, don't care. You know, you might cause trouble because you're in fancy dress. You know, it's that kind of scenario. Think about when you're 18 and you're, or, or you are 18 or you're young or you're old, it doesn't matter. But when you're out on a, a night out, you've not caused any trouble. You're, you're not that kind of person that would cause trouble anyway and they don't let you in it's so frustrating and that's the same thing when somebody takes a flag into a rugby ground and and they're told they can't do it and they go sorry mate health and safety yeah but what health and safety just health and safety failed the test mate what test oh, three of them and fire as well yeah yeah they catch on fire you know what I mean health and safety and it's gone mad we, we joke about it so easily. I've got an advent calendar sitting in front of me that's got Elf and Safety approved on it. We joke about it and that's good. I like the bit of humour that we get around it. But we're encouraging that negative attitude, so let's just take a step back and really think about ourselves. So, in essence, guys, as much as we change the um, the... The content from risk assessments. We are still talking about risk assessments. We're just giving you examples of really crap ones. Um, so, so they're just things I want you to think about. Yeah, and I'm not really taught you anything today, maybe. But I'm just giving you a couple of questions, a couple of things to sit back and think about. And if you know the reason why. Um, Bath Rugby didn't let those flags in. Please, please let me know. I have tweeted Bath and um, for a bit of a response and do you know what, just to be cheeky, I might tweet him this, uh, this podcast as well. It's absolutely crazy and I really can't think of any reason why. If you're a lorry driver and you're annoyed by the same thing James is, um, or you're, uh, a safety professional in that industry and you're, you're really annoyed about what I'm saying, let me know, please. Let us know what you've done and why you've done it and how you've done it. If you've got some crazy ideas and and how you've sorted this problem, let us know so that James can take them out elsewhere and um, let his employers know. So that's it, guys. That's it for this week's uh, episode. Thanks for listening. Uh, Don't forget to find us on Facebook and Twitter. Let us know if there's anything you want to hear from us. And finally, it would be really interesting if you could just let us know what platform you're using, guys. So if you listen to this podcast, I'd really, really, really love to find out how you're listening um so yeah find us on facebook and twitter at risk fluent or forward slash risk fluent for facebook i hope you've enjoyed today's episode look forward to hearing from you next week when we talk about risk assessments see you later